0: It's a Names and Numbers edition of the Locked on Giants podcast based on your requests coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Friday, the 15th of October. We have made it to the end of the week. The Giants take on the Los Angeles Rams at home on a Sunday. And on that day, the Giants will be honoring the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 team. So that is coming up, something to look forward to, as well as another installment of Giants football. So today's show, we are going to do a names and numbers show. Now, I have been asking y'all to give me five names of players that you want me to talk about on the show. And quite frankly, I got so many requests. And to to come down to a consensus was really hard. So I picked out five from amongst the most popular requests. Um, If yours didn't make the cut, then I apologize, but I can only do so many in one show. But um, hopefully you will like the ones that I picked out. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about some of their numbers compared to like maybe last year. We're going to talk about how they have performed, what kind of impact or lack of impact they have made, and just where things kind of stand with these five Giants. So that's the plan for today's show. And before we get started, I'm I'm really excited. I've got a special bonus show for you tomorrow. That's right. I have a short bonus show, and I was able to catch up with New York Giants right guard Will Hernandez, and we did a one on one interview, which was fantastic. Um, we covered a variety of topics, ranging from his conversion to the right side, from the left side. We talked about his bout with COVID last year. We talked about um, working with Nate Solder. We talked about all kinds of cool things. And um, we ended the interview with a, a nice little fun story that I think y'all will will uh, enjoy. So I am going to run that show for you actually on Saturday. It's a rare Saturday show in season, and uh, it's going to be a little shorter than the usual shows I do. But I think you guys are going to like this interview, and I hope you'll check it out and um, let me know what you think. As always, all right, folks, let's get into the names and numbers edition of this show. And again, as always. Drop a comment in the box below if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening on any of the uh, podcast platforms, send me an email, giantspodcast at gmail.com if you would like to give me any kind of feedback on the guys that I talked about or the guys that I missed. And we will obviously take a look at them. I read all the emails that come in, and uh, I'll use them for next time when I do a show similar to this. So, all right, let's get into it. At first, Leonard Williams. That was a very popular one. I think just about every list I saw people wanted to know about Leonard Williams. And, you know, it's interesting. I looked at Leonard's, William- Leonard's uh, numbers from this year through five games and last year through five games. Really not that different, believe it or not. So um, in 2018, 20- 21. He's got 13 pressures, one and a half sacks. 2020 through five games, he had nine pressures and two sacks, and he also had uh, he also has two missed tackles this year. Had no missed tackles through five games last year. So the reason why you know I, I was curious about Leonard Williams, and I'm glad a lot of you were were curious about it. Well, is it just seems like lately Leonard's been playing a very quiet game. And it's not so much that Leonard looks different than he did did last year. Um, It's not so much that um, there's no effort there or he's weighed down by the heavy uh, wallet, so to speak, after signing that big contract. The problem, I think, with Leonard Williams and why it doesn't look like he's making any impactful plays is twofold. Number one, and I will say this, Until somebody proves me otherwise, proves me wrong. Otherwise, they are missing Dalvin Tomlinson. Leonard Williams last show often spoke about Dalvin Tomlinson and what a difference he made in doing all the dirty work that helped free Leonard Williams up to make plays. Dexter Lawrence has done an okay job, but you know he he was basically one half of that. That uh, William, I'm sorry, one half of that uh, Tomlinson Lawrence duo. And he just hasn't been able to, whatever reason, pick up the slack with Tomlinson gone. Now, the Giants, they have plugged in Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton into that role. Austin Johnson hasn't been bad. Danny Shelton has been okay. But where Danny Shelton lacks and where Dalvin Tomlinson kind of shone a little bit was in the mobility department. So if you kept Danny Shelton in a phone booth, he's fine. Ask him to move around or surf that line, that's where he loses a little bit of his in the game as compared to what Dalvin Tomlinson brought. But that's not the only reason why I think Leonard Williams has had a quiet five games. Another big reason, the linebackers. The linebackers are just not getting off blocks. They're not making plays. They're not filling holes. And you look at the Giants' run defense and how they've been gouged. When was the last time you recall seeing those linebackers come up and fill holes? I know I haven't seen it that often. So, you know, the the play up front, you know, it hasn't been great. But to blame it all on the guys up front, to blame it all on Leonard Williams for not making enough impact plays. Well, you got to have guys that come up and fill holes. You've got to have guys that can get off blocks or occupy multiple blockers. You know, football's a team sport, and right now, it just seems that there's not enough teamwork going on in that defensive front, and it is affecting Leonard Williams. Again, his numbers are compatible to last year's, but gosh, they are some of the quietest numbers that I think he has posted. Now, the good news is, is last year, Leonard Williams started off slow, but then he picked up steam as the season went on. With Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, pledging to simplify things for the Giants defense in an effort to maybe help them play faster. We'll see if that helps Leonard Williams moving forward because right now that whole defense is just a mess. You know, they went from level 100 to level 200 and they are badly failing level 200. So they may have to go back to level 100 with things simplified before they go back to 200. So, all right. Next up on the list, cornerback James Bradbury. Now, this is a guy who last year was a pro bowler. This is a guy who last year looked like a legitimate shutdown cornerback. This year, he just looks like another guy. You know, I mean, it's almost like if you didn't know any better, you would swear you weren't watching the same guy. All right. So some numbers. Um He has allowed this year 23 of 31 pass targets against him. That's 74.2%, by the way, to be completed for 301 yards, 101 yards after the catch, four touchdowns, and two interceptions with only three pass breakups. That, according to Pro Football Focus. In 2020, Bradbury allowed 19 of 28 pass targets to be complete. Gave up two touchdowns, had one interception, had eight pass breakups, all right, through the first five games. So what has happened to James Bradbury? Well, I have a few thoughts. Number one, the technique that he's been using. So I've said on earlier shows, and I'll say it here again, the Giants haven't been playing as much press man coverage. They've actually been backing their defensive backs off the wide receivers to try and keep everything in front of them. Why? I don't know, by the way. And as a result, it has kind of exposed, I think, a flaw in Bradbury's technique. And that is, is number, number one, Bradbury has not been able to stay with speed. So whether there's an injury involved there, that I don't know, but he has not been able to stay with speed. But, You go back and you look at that touchdown pass last week that he gave up to C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys. And while you can say that, okay, he was supposed to have deep help from Julian Love on that play, which I think he was, Bradbury didn't help things either because he took an outside uh, technique instead of pushing or funneling the receiver inside to where the help would have been. And cutting down on the distance that the help would have needed to get there. So that's what I mean when I say about technique. It's just silly mistakes that are just compromising his technique. You know, the speed is not there. Um, And also, Bradbury's not getting an opportunity to get physical with these guys because he's been playing so far off of them. So the physicality isn't there. So you just add all this stuff up. And you just say, okay. This is why James Bradbury is not the same player he was a year ago. And again, I don't understand why that has changed. Um, I don't see what the wrinkle is or the benefit of it is other than, again, they try and keep everything in front of them. Maybe they're concerned about the safeties. I don't know. Maybe there's an injury that we don't know about. All I know is the play of James Bradbury this year hasn't been very good. And I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt, because as I said, if he's dealing with an injury, that would explain a lot. But if he's not dealing with an injury and there's something else in in the mix, then Patrick Graham better figure it out and get it fixed in a hurry. All right, Giant fans, we have more still to come on today's show. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code, NFL100, you will get a 100% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Again, that's code NFL100 for your 100% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, you have a Names and Numbers edition of the Locked Giants podcast. I went through your requests, picked out five players to talk about on the show, and uh, just kind of reviewing their performances thus far, maybe going back and looking at last year's performance as a point of reference, and just trying to figure out what the heck is going on with some of these guys. And by the way, not all of the guys that are on this list have been underachievers this year. We have a couple of them that have been really, really good. And uh, we're actually going to get to one in this particular segment. But first, I've got to talk about Kyle Rudolph, tight end. Now, here's something I do not get. Okay, Kyle Rudolph, let me give you the numbers first. He has caught seven of 11 pass targets to five games, 71 yards, no touchdowns. He's had I think, two red zone targets. This is from a guy who was supposed to be a red zone target, okay? Um, he's caught one of three contested catches, and he's recorded four first downs. Now, here's what I'm wondering with Kyle Rudolph and why maybe there has not been more production from him. Rudolph was activated off pup late with about a week or so to go of training camp. How much you guys want to bet that that foot still wasn't a hundred percent to where it needed to be? That you know, just him running around on it, him pushing off on it, that foot is still an issue. Okay, because again, he hadn't played football up until that point, and now he's starting to play football, and there's probably a degree of soreness, just kind of you know breaking himself in all over again. But overall, Kyle Rudolph hasn't looked like you know the guy that he used to be with the Minnesota Vikings. He's actually looked like kind of a bust considering what the Giants invested in him. How much of that, again, is related to the foot? I would not be surprised if a good amount of it is related to the foot. Because if you look at what the Giants did with players that were coming off of injury, they gradually eased them back into the mix, okay? Okay. With Kyle Rudolph, they didn't have time to do that. It was pretty much, okay, one week, and then boom, we were into the regular season. So you just wonder if these first few games that we've seen from Rudolph, if perhaps he is being eased back in. I mean, there's been a couple games where he hasn't had any pass targets, which I find to be just mind-blowing. You know, Evan Ingram has gotten more of the pass targets and, you know, even even the, the uh, pass blocking, which Rudolph was said to be pretty good at, has just been mediocre at best. So the Giants right now just not getting a good bang for their buck on Kyle Rudolph or from Kyle Rudolph. Will that change going forward? You would hope so as that foot continues to hopefully get better. And I think the bye week is going to really help Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it's going to help a lot of guys on that team. Who are banged up, but especially him, because right now, I'm telling you, for the money they invested in him, they're just not getting the return on investment. You know, he doesn't have a red zone touchdown, which is just amazing because that was one of the selling points that everybody thought he would help with. Um, you know, again, like I said, the blocking has been pedestrian, which makes me wonder again, why did Caden Smith doesn't get more opportunities to block? That kid's been pretty good, but. You know, he's a a number three behind Rudolph and Evan Ingram. And, you know, speaking of Evan Ingram, I know with the trade deadline coming up, a lot of people are like, oh, the Giants should trade Evan Ingram. I don't think that they will. I mean, unless Rudolph is closer to being the Rudolph of old, I'm not so sure the Giants make that trade. Should they make that trade? Absolutely. I would make it. I would take whatever I could get for Evan Ingram. Will they, though? I'm not convinced they would, at least not as of this recording, because there's still, like I said, we still need to see a lot more from Kyle Rudolph. All right. How about we talk about somebody good? All right. This was a popular one. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver. Let me lay these numbers down on you. Get ready to be amazed, folks. Kadarius Tony has caught 20 of 25 pass targets. Yeah, that's 80%. For 281 yards, a 14.1 average, 166 yards after the catch. That's 8.3 yards after the catch. He's had two drops, one in the in uh, each of his last two games. But he has caught three out of four of his contested catches. And right now he has a team high target rating of 113.5. Hey, how about that, right? The Giants finally get Kadarius Toney involved in the offense and the kid does great things. All right, so let's talk about Kadarius Toney and what he brings to the offense. Now, over the years, I've said this about Sterling Shepard, and I look at Kadarius Toney, and I think he's Sterling Shepard on steroids. And I mean that in a good way. And here's what I mean by that. Sterling Shepard was always very good and still is very good at finding soft spots in zone coverage and then exploiting them, you know, coming down with the catch, coming down with the yardage and moving the chains. Kadarius Tony has younger, fresher legs, all right? And he is also very good at finding soft spots in zone coverage which he has seen a lot of, by the way, working from the slot, all right? So when he catches a ball, he can take a five-yarder and turn that into 10, 15, 20 yards, all right? So that's what I mean when I say he is Sterling Shepard on steroids. This kid, Kadarius Tony, is electrifying. And the aspect of his game that I'm not so sure a lot of people appreciate, I'm sure the coaches appreciate it and his teammates appreciate it, but a lot of, you know, people watching him maybe don't appreciate it. It's his intelligence in the game. Now, throwing the punch, notwithstanding, which, you know, let's face it, that was a stupid move. But when I'm talking about decisions that the kid makes, such as whether to cut inside, whether to cut outside, you know, when he tries to juke a defender. Or when he's, you know, working out of the wildcat, whether to eat a ball or to ch- attempt a pass you really see a lot of football IQ coming through in his game. And that's something the Giants really haven't had since you'd have to go back to really, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. When he was here, a kid who could do it all, who could, you know, catch balls, who could pick up the yards after the catch, who could, you know, run the gadget plays, you know, the jet sweeps, the wildcats, all that stuff and do so for the most part, making correct decisions. That is what Kadarius Tony has brought to this offense. And, you know, you you sit back and you'd say to yourself, why didn't the Giants get him more involved earlier? And there are theories about it. There are people who think, well, you know, Sterling Shepard was coming off a strong summer and Darius Slayton was coming off a decent summer. So, you know, there was no room for him. Then you have, you know, the explanation from the coaches saying that, you know, Tony missed a lot of practice time, which he did because of COVID and then because of injuries in the summer, and he had to get up to speed, which, you know, I guess you could buy some of that. But at the same time, you had the kid in in the game. You had him available. How were you exactly, were you supposed to uh, get him up to speed? if you? weren't going to target him, if you were just going to use him as a decoy. I don't understand how they w- were expecting to get him up to speed. And I feel like, you know, the old saying, what is it? Necess- necessity is the mother of invention. Because they lost Shepherd and because they lost Slayton to the hamstring strains, they had to turn to Tony, whether he was ready or not in their minds. And lo and behold, the kid delivered. So now the question becomes, what did the Giants do moving forward with Shepard and Tony coming? Uh, I'm sorry, Shepard and Slayton coming back. It's pretty simple. You see Slayton probably, uh, once Kenny Galladay gets back, you'll probably see Slayton start to lose snaps. All right. So right now, you know, Galladay's not going to play this weekend because he's got the knee injury. But when he comes back, I could see Tony having his snaps and his targets increased and Slayton having his decreased. That would be the logical thing. And by the way, for those of you wondering, well, where would he play? Would he play in the slot? Would he play outside? He can play both slot and outside, but his best fit is in the slot. And I think you're going to see Sterling Shepard move to the outside more once you know they get everybody back from injury. All right, Giant fans, we have more still to come on today's show. But first, Bilt Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, both in nut and nut-free variety, and uh, they occasionally have a limited time flavor available as well to choose from. And uh, when you visit BuiltBar.com, you can save 15% off your first order by using our special promo code LOCK15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. Put your box together today and drop a line. Let me know what flavors you like when you try BuiltBar All right, Giant fans, you've got a names and numbers episode here of the Lachlan Giants podcast. And don't forget, as a reminder, we have a special bonus episode of the podcast coming at you on Saturday. The show features Will Hernandez. It's an interview that I did earlier this week with Big Will, who was most gracious with his time. Great guy. I always enjoy talking with Will. And we covered a variety of topics that will be online tomorrow, Saturday. Um, You'll be able to see it on YouTube. You'll also, of course, be able to get it wherever you get your audio podcast. So make sure you check that out. And of course, thank you for making the On Giants podcast your first listen of the day. All right. We have one more name that we need to talk about before we call it a show today. And that name is Left Tackle Andrew Thomas. Now, this was another very popular one, along with uh, Leonard Williams. I think Thomas and Williams were the two most popular names on the list that were submitted to me by you guys, the listeners uh, and the viewers on YouTube. So let's talk about Andrew Thomas, who has only given up six quarterback pressures in the uh, four games that he's played. Now, obviously, he's dealing with a foot injury, which is not good news. But the hope is he will be able to go if at if at minimum on a rotational basis on Sunday against the Rams. But let's talk about the biggest improvements in Andrew Thomas's game. I've spoken about the stability of coaching in coaching rather for him, but the thing with Andrew Thomas, and there was an article we did on Giants Country. our former writer, Jackson Thompson, who writes now for In- The Insider, I think it's called, uh, had done an interview with, with Andrew Thomas about how he improved his balance. And he did so by doing it on a physio ball, which is one of those half balls. Uh, it's like a half a ball with a flat surface on it. And you have to balance on it and you, you know bend down and pick up stuff and do all kinds of stuff while keeping your balance on that ball. So Andrew Thomas, if you look at his game, that has actually showed up and that you're not seeing him on the ground, okay? You're also seeing him with a better base and that he's not getting pushed back. He's kicking out that leg and establishing that base. You know, before, I think one of Thomas's biggest problems was he wasn't establishing a wide enough base. And as a result, he was getting pushed back far too easily. The other thing that Andrew Thomas has done and done really well, his hand usage. He has kept guys from getting into his chest, and he has done so with his hand punch. So bottom line, the way to simplify this is Andrew Thomas has not let his a defender get the best of him in the pass rush snaps that he has played. His run blocking has also been solid. He's bending more at the knees to, again, establish that base. He's not, you know, you don't see much waist bending from him. And he's just been quick to fire out. There's like that explosiveness that was in his game before the injury. So overall, really good technique from Andrew Thomas, who has become a shutdown left tackle. And I've mentioned this before, I believe, but because Thomas took that big leap, that enabled the Giants to slide all the help over to right tackle where Nate Solder has had his adventures. And, you know, it's interesting because this week, if Andrew Thomas can't go against the Rams, I believe what the Giants might look to do is instead of putting Nate Solder back in there, put his, leave Solder on... Th- at right tackle where he can have the help and maybe try Matt Parrot over on that left side. That would not surprise me if we see that. So hopefully we will see Andrew Thomas in the game. I don't know if he will play again. You know, I think he's going to be listed as questionable would be my guess. By the time you see this, we'll know for sure if he's questionable doubtful or, you know, whatever has any kind of injury designation, but um Andrew Thomas has definitely been, if, if you're looking for an MVP for the Giants thus far, I think you would have to consider him on offense, um, given the performance he's had. And I think, you know, the la- based on the last couple of games, you can make a case for Kadarius Tony, obviously. You can also make a case for Daniel Jones, who has looked really, really good um, overall. But uh, those would be your MVPs, Jones, Thomas, Tony on offense. Um, and it's not even close. So, yes, there are some bright spots that you can take away from on the Giants offense. And on defense, you know, since we're talking about MVPs, um, I would say, hmm, can I find an MVP? I'm trying to think. Maybe you can make a case for Julian Love, who's been Mr. Uh, utility Guy. I don't know. That might be a weak case. So hard to pick an MVP on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe, uh, maybe you go with Aziz Ojulari because he's been the most successful of the pass rushers, but overall to pick one guy and save without, you know, without question that he's the MVP really hard given how bad the defense has played. So we'll see what the next few, few games bring. Hopefully uh, Patrick Graham will figure that out. And on offense, hopefully the giants um, will break out of their rut and just keep scoring. I mean, they've got to score at least 25 points per game. They they just, you know, the scoring has been kind of low. I think they have the capability to be scoring a lot more and we'll see if they can pull it off. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the Laughlin Giants podcast. Again, make sure you tune in tomorrow for a special podcast, my interview with Will Hernandez. It's a one-on-one. And then on Monday, we will be back with an all-new episode breaking down the Giants-Rams game. David Turner will be with me, and hopefully we will have an upset win to talk about. I don't know if we will, but hey, fingers crossed. That's why they line up to play the game. So until tomorrow, folks, have a great one, and we will talk to you again soon.